You're listening to West Limerick 102. The following is the podcast of County Views. It's broadcast on West Limerick 102 FM on the 23rd of February 2022 from 9.30 to 11pm. Joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan this week, Kieran McAuliffe and Kevin Sheehan. As this is the podcast of County Views, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be unnecessarily charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314 948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. County Views is available as a podcast. Just search for it on your favourite podcast apps. New episodes are uploaded by the end of Thursday each week. Good evening, listeners. It is Wednesday evening and I'm joined by Councillor Kevin Sheehan as Keaton, a very, very popular county councillor there for many, many years. He is on the telephone, so hopefully we won't have too much interference or too much noise. And that's Jason there moving around there causing all the noise at the moment. So hopefully when he'll be gone out... It'll be quieter, and Tom Ryan hopefully will arrive in a moment or two as well. And when he sits down, we hopefully we'll have peace and quiet and silence. So we hope it'll work all right with Kevin, and Tom is now arriving, so we might get him sitting down, and we'll be all ready to go. Now, the weather forecast was not good, and it's a case of put on your... Um, Tom is looking in amazement at his bloody microphones and... and Earphones going off for the first night ever, but that's always the first time, Tom. Always the first time. So we'll shoot on with that, and Jason, you pop back to the control desk and see how we're sounding. The volume is very low. I got a call, and that's for a start anyway. It's very low, so we can talk loud. Tom Ryan, I heard you were up in Ette yourself and two or more cowboys, and I heard you pass my door, and you didn't even bother you calling in to say will I go to the wonderful wonderful play dancing at Lunasa in Ate. Yes Pat we were there last Sunday night Pat Tierney my and myself we enjoyed the we enjoyed the um, I mean the play very good great drama very very profi- very professional unit and a great a great turnout as well of, of, for a bad night you know we were we were pleasantly surprised and we were well treated. We met a lovely lady there. And she looked after us well all night. She said that uh, she knew us and she listened to the program every night and she had a connection with yourself. So she was very, very gracious, I must say, and thank her very much. And she said when you were finished and you filled yourself up with bags of chips ready for the, for the highway. Well, we had a busy day and a busy night. We had much time to, for the feet ourselves, so we had to we had to look after ourselves anyway. But mm-hmm. for the, for indeed, you know. You know, we had just around a bit in Newcastle yeah. for Sunday night. We were a bit surprised at that. We had done a ring here in concert some a few years back when concerts were held, and that was Tom blowing his nose down out the middle of that nice, believe it or not. So the least little bit of the least little bit of sound, and it picks up. Uh, our new man tonight is Kieran McAuliffe, and he'll be joining us here in the radio station as a volunteer shortly. And Kieran is from Nakhnagashal. Kieran, you're very, very welcome. Thanks, thanks very much. Thanks for having me. Now, to move into the real world of what is happening, I suppose, the many items. Willie Ryan says, Pat, volume is very poor again tonight. Turn up the volume. 
turn up the volume and don't make it squeak when you're at it. Um, we had a 36-year-old shot in Dublin, and I'd go to him first, I suppose, and, and Kieran to me afterwards. And it would look like that it was a case of trespass and dogs on the loose. And a well-known legal professional man is being detained or questioned as we speak. Perhaps that's a coincidence, really, because I had visited, I had visited as well on, in the same area uh, with with lurchers on Sunday morning and been hunting hares and this and Sunday morning was a bad morning, but they were again in on my property and um, it's uh, widespread all over the country. You know, we hear about it every every day nearly now, out in rural areas, people travelling, you know, long distances to to hunt and to survey the, the surroundings and they appear to be doing it with impunity. This was a terrible accident, uh, not an accident, but a terrible incident, really. And, uh, you know, the dogs were loose, and the actual, there were sheep there, and it's been, I'd, I'd say, no, Pat, we're not getting the full story from the area, but it, it replicates itself everywhere. All parts of, of Limerick, North Cork, and Kerry, and down Tipperary, everywhere, like, these are, these people are hunting there's nothing else to do. They've been paid for. They've been paid by the state, and uh, you know, they just you know, to pass their time away, they actually go out uh, with lurchers and they hunt hares and foxes and they into people's property and they they survey as well then for further visits later on, maybe under the cover of darkness and maybe not under the cover of darkness. And they're they're frightening, you know. I I, I know accosted uh, them on Sunday morning. Sunday morning we wouldn't we wouldn't hang a gate Sunday morning to so bed. And when I went down and and saw these people out out in the out in the lens and uh, they had three lurchers, you know, and uh, they're very menacing people as well, you see. So. Well, you can't condone the use of a firearm anywhere. We, we know that and we, can, we condemn that. But these individuals appear to be, have no, have no respect for property, especially animals, you know, such as cattle, and more worrying altogether sheep. This time of year, they'd be heavily in lamb, and uh, they're doing a lot of damage, and to, you know, to, to gateways and to... And to uh, boundaries and that and I say this wasn't the first time that they were in this land because I don't know what prevailed the man to fire uh, indirectly to, to fire directly at the individual and now he's he, he's seriously like injured and not you know wondering will he pull out and also Pat the, the other aspect of this is if you cross these people that challenge you and they could assault you and if you touch one of them, you're liable to be prosecuted, and you're liable to be you're liable then to be to be taken to court for damages by these individuals. Kieran, what's your opinion on that now? Yeah, I agree with Tom. There I was actually on the news last night, and I think we had a signs up saying no trespassers, no dogs allowed. So I'd say he was um, the dog was probably loose, and there was sheep grazing there, and there was probably maybe there was an incident maybe before that where the the sheep could have been attacked or something, so I think uh, yeah, it's misfortune that hopefully that the fellow will pull out and he'll be okay. But I think um, people when they're trespassing in people's lands and their signs up, they should obey the signs and they shouldn't be um, interfering with animals because 
dogs loose at night and chasing sheep and killing sheep and so uh, it was clear from watching the news that there were signs up and that no trespassers allowed and no dogs allowed so I'd say he, he disobeyed the signs I'd say. Tom, not alone do, do, do those people trespassing on other people's lands do it in daylight hours, but they also do it in, in during the course of the night and early morning as well. Oh, that's right, Pat. You see, what they're doing is actually that thing called lamping. You know, hmm. they have these high-power lamps, and they, 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 they go out at night time, like, and it's mostly hail of the hunt, like, and this is a passive. It's also a sport with them, if you like to call it a sport. It's an actual, where they, they lay down bits, on, you know, what dog is killed here, what dog is killed the fox, you know. And um, they, they appear to be able to continue it all over the place and uh, all over the country. Everywhere you'd, you'd often hear, you know, I, I'm being involved in sport and, like, and in particular, I mean, greyhound sport all my life. And, you know, you'd come across these people and they're definitely, like, they're definitely are a menace. But they're, and long have been a menace, they're menacing as well. And you've got to be very careful with them because they, they don't take the law too serious and they get away with it. And, Kevin, I've heard places like, as Tommy said, there at the night time one, where they've literally gone around people's houses at two and three in the morning and shine the light even into the people. And, and a lot of old people in rural areas, it's a frightening situation. It is definitely, I know where I'm from, not back in Atnagashal, it, it does go on, but it's done by the, the gun club. Uh, I know one of the people that's involved in it, and I think, to be fair, he does, they, they go to kind of cull the foxes, I suppose, to control how many foxes in the area, but I suppose um, it's not in every area, it's not been done as it should be, and I suppose there should be a time limit set, and if, how late they can go out, they shouldn't be out after start it. 8 o'clock, they shouldn't be out after 10 o'clock, half 10 at night doing it, most frightening elderly people in their homes. It would look like, Tom, that people, even though it is your land, maybe it isn't your land, because some people think they can come in and out and do what they like and go in and out. Well, so Pat, you know, this is a huge problem with people, how difficult it is to get insurances in, on your property. And, uh, you know, it, if you particularly over the past recent years now it had become a big issue that that farmers and uh, and landowners in general like appear to have a problem in in getting insurance cover, in particularly public liability insurance. And these people know all that. They're they're up with all the I mean the rules and regulations and they don't take any notice of any of them because if you if one of them gets damaged crossing over the fence I had an incident, Pat, in, uh, in recent years now. Whereas, and it's unbelievable what people will do. I had, we had a, a tragedy out in my place in Clare, out near Kilmore in Broadford. And uh, a woman, there was a woman missing. And there was a search party in quite near where I have the, have the farm. And uh, there was a woman missing, and there was a search party organised for to look for. And, uh, you know, the woman tragically died anyway, and uh, it was very sad and very tragic. But about 12 months after, I got a, a solicitor's letter saying that one of the search party was fell into a trench on my property, and uh, 
they were seeking compensation. Now, they weren't even on my property any. So that'll tell you how loose the whole thing is and how, and how precarious it is. You know, I mean, anybody would, would say, Gee, God Almighty, sure, what'll I, what I do? I'd have to pay compensation here. But, you see, it's all fine. All these things are grand until uh, uh, something minor or maybe major happens. Also, like if they go into your property and you have a bull in the property or an animal, maybe they would attack them. No, like you're liable for all that. And that appears to be kind of not discussed or it means nothing. Because what will happen, the insurance company will pay out and you'll have trouble in getting insurance for even the slightest claim, you know. And they're all, in, they're all, I mean, talking about insurance and they're looking for insurance. But try and get a claim through the insurance and do you know all about insurance? It's a serious situation, Kieran, regards landowners, and you, you didn't have the hunt, I don't know, do you have it down around yours? We do, land, yeah. Where the horse comes in and the horses and they're literally ploughed through somebody's land, and it seems the landowner has no right to keep them out. Yeah, I think in the Nantagashal area, it is on every year around December, but I think they approached the landowners this before it and they asked their permission, and I think if the landowner doesn't allow it, they won't, they won't go through the land with um, I think regarding Tom there saying about uh, the solicitor's letter he got, I think like if you've signed up, I know it was a search thing in your case, but it was if you've signed up in the gates and up in your field said no trespassers, uh, surely if it goes to court, if the insurance companies are willing to challenge it, that should cover the landowners. But uh, it's uh, it's kind of every, everything is against the landowner in most cases. That's right, Kieran, but you see, it is the, it is the culture that's there now, like. Yeah. You know, imagine person out research and in their head in their, if they had, if they fall into the drain or maybe maybe not fall into the drain at all when you see a drain. Yeah. And then they come on and maybe and this was twelve months after the incident I actually had forgotten about. Yeah. And not in, I didn't know about this anything happening at all, it never reported to me it never, it never happened anyway. But for this furious claim like but the the mindset of the individual they went out and they searched for a missing woman, a young woman who was missing, and then decided two or three months after, well, I, I might have, I'll reclaim here again, Tom Ryan. It's like they went you know? out with the intention of, of searching course, and yeah. fall at the same time, yeah. But, Pat, as well as that, uh, you mentioned hunting there now, they, that, that became a problem this year for a lot of the hunts because, in actual fact, they couldn't get insurance. Kevin Sheehan. Kevin. Good evening, everybody. My apologies. Would you believe I forgot all about you? Oh, my God. After we go into all the works and all the things, and the, my apologies to you, Kevin. I forgot about you. And I was concentrating so much on the sound of the two lads here in front of me. The, the topic is still on anyway, Kevin, so you've heard their views. I did indeed, yeah. You know, I'm thinking while I'm listening to the, the boys. <coughs> good evening, Tom Ryan, and good evening. Good evening, Kevin. Good evening, Kevin. Great to hear from you. How are you? Um, I was listening there, and you know, a lot of landowners uh, face a small ad there in the local newspapers every year. No hunting for our feather. Now, uh, the, the horse hunt tends to stay away from those farms. Uh, the individual who wants to go out for legitimately for a shot at a pheasant or a, a rabbit or whatever, uh, he, if that notice applies to your farm, he will respect it. 
But there are cowboys out there, and they have no respect for anything. And the law should be that uh, they should be easily dealt with legally without the frustrations people are suffering and have been. Those frustrations have been identified there in conversation tonight. The idea that somebody out late shooting boxes and shines a lamp into an old person's house. I remember going out canvassing and, and, uh, at election time and I found out after a very short time that, and I'm at it a long time, that the, an elderly person are terrified if you knock on their door after 8 o'clock at night. So we used to canvas one time up to 10 o'clock and we stopped it. And I say most canvassers now in fairness to them, and most candidates, the last thing we any candidate would want is uh, that a canvasser on their behalf was causing any inconvenience. I know I speak for all elected people whom I know. I speak on their behalf when I say that. Uh, but the, the um, old people are living in fear. And it's not right that they should have to do that. And, and noise at night. I remember one night my own wife called me about half past three. And there were only the two of us in the house. None of the boys were at home. And, and uh, she said, there's somebody downstairs. I sat up in the bed and I listened. And this was a short time now after we'd been broken into at nine o'clock one morning. I left home for Cork at seven o'clock. And Caroline left the house about ten to nine to take one of the boys to college. I was supposed to take him and my plans were changed. I took a spark. So I said to her, will you run him into college? No problem. But it, we were obviously watched. And so ten minutes after our house was vacated, we had a break in. And, uh, I'm pretty sure that I know who broke in. I'm pretty sure from listening to other people talking that I know who broke into me that day. Into my, my dwelling house. And uh, the alarm went off. They stayed for 10 minutes in the house, ransacking. They never got upstairs, thank God. And that's an extraordinary and sensitive issue for women in the house, especially. Not just women, but especially women. Where, where, where somebody goes into their bedroom. That's a very, very sensitive issue. But nevertheless, anyway, I mean, there was, there was nobody caught for it. I know who did it, but I have no proof. At least I'm pretty sure I know who did it. That would be more accurate. But uh, the night I got up and, and we searched the house, there was nobody there. But something did wake her. And I believe it happened out in the yard. Whatever visitor we had, they were, as soon as the lights came on, of course, they hightailed it. Life is the best preventer of criminal activity at night. Light. It, it, you know, they walk in the dark for a reason. If you break that darkness with light, there's no other way of doing it, it is a, a, a great deterrent. Probably not totally deterrent. Kevin, 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 while you run, while we have you, do you think that there's enough effort being put in? We'll say we had the case in, in Sligo of the man being severely beaten there on the 18th of January. It didn't become public till he got seriously ill in a coma, it would look yeah. like, at the end of the month. 
That is uh, over a month ago now, and we haven't heard of anyone being arrested or anything close to it by the sound of it. And we had the case of the O'Halloran man in his sister in Cork City about two weeks ago, who got uh, early in the morning. And got a lot of publicity, and uh, we're not aware of anyone being arrested in that case. And how... Now, they've made a huge effort in those ones, but go back to your case, and I had the case, and probably many houses have cases of how people have broken in, and except, except as somebody raped or seriously near death or badly beaten up, is there not enough effort, do you think, made to catch them in the, in the, in the more minor type of crime, in, in robberies and, and breaking into people's homes? Well, I know many guards. Let me qualify something now at I spent eight years of my life as a member of the Garvey Shikana. And many guards really got cheesed off of the manner in which criminals were being dealt with when they were brought to court. I mean, uh, ten years for, for murder. And, and they're out after six or seven. The, 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 the penalties and the idea that we haven't got enough space in our prison. That's not sufficient reason for this republic to have its citizens subjected to terror in their own homes at night. Now, I'll hold you there, Kevin, and I'll, I'll try not to forget you, and I'll go around the table, so All to right. speak, and I'll get you on the way back again. Uh, I'm talking... Uh, you're tuned to West Limerick 102 FM Broadcasting from Newcastle West. If you want any topic discussed, this program is going out live from half past nine to 11 o'clock on this Wednesday night. On the panel tonight are Kieran McAuliffe, Councillor Kevin Sheehan, Fianna Fall, and Tom Ryan, former managed Limerick hurling team, and an activist indeed in many ways indeed. Now, Kieran, you've heard that you've heard Kevin there on your earphones, etc., regards robberies and the cases of serious ones, and everything is serious, even the, where somebody's house is wrecked. That's very serious for them and uh, husband and wife and to live in that house afterwards as well as the ones that are very seriously attacked and assaulted as well. Yeah, I agree with Kevin there. Uh, it's, old people are terrified in their homes at the moment and uh, that case in Sligo happened, I think, in January and it happened two weeks before it was opened to the national media uh, and it would have been made the national media to all that the man was in intensive care. Um, I think um, the, the, you know, the closing of guard stations is definitely a, a lot to blame for it and um, the, the lack of guards in communities and you know, we need to go back to the community guards where the guard knows everybody in the parish and uh, you know, people, community alert groups as well have a lot to part, big part to play and all that. Um, everyone should, every parish should have a community alert group and a text alert system like we have behind in Ireland. You know, if you spot a suspicious car or van, um, no matter how, or, you know, how you know, small you think it is, take the range of it and contact your local guard station and, and you know, get the range out there and get the ticks can go out then and people can be watching out for it. Do you have somebody in your local guard station? We do, yeah. We're lucky enough to not, the National Guard station is still open. We have a great guard there, John Inright, and um, you know, he's a local guard and he's in there for the last 10, 15 years and he knows... He knows the people of the parish, and you know, I have the shop in the village, and I can ring him up. Or we can, you know, if we spot something suspicious, or if I spot a strange van in the village during the day, we can ring the store and 
Så tam nak ne gasht is not the place to be going if you going pull enough something. Well, well, Pat, you know, and Kieran, I mean, it's good to hear that that kind of organisation is in existence. Surviving. And it's a pity that it's not in general use, you know. I mean, OK, if she signed up, this is a local area, you know, it's a watch, local watch, but they're not effective in, in like, 90% of the, of the cases of the area they're in. Kevin has made a very good point there, and, uh, like, again, he's an experienced in, in every aspect of it, both as a gardener, and as a councillor, and you know, I've been an active person in a busy, in a busy community, and the, 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 the items you mentioned there, and the areas you mentioned there, Pat, we've covered them here thousands of times, and you know, you get a you get a huge um, interest nationally when one case like the woman the unfortunate I mean, woman in Tullamore, and there was a lot about sense. The case in Sligo, case in Kildare case in Cork. Now, they're going on an ongoing basis. And I say, Pat, you know, I'm well aware, Pat, of how all this developed, like, because as being a person that's knowledgeable in the area of knowing what's going on, you know, and how how it all commenced and how it was all overlooked and not challenged by our by our police force. I listened to a, a very senior guard, guard uh, I think he was well, see, what's after superintendent? Is it, is it a, what's the next step? Is, is, is it a, he was an assistant commissioner, I think. Last week, he had often on the television. He's a good experienced policeman. And he was being questioned about this particular Sligo and these recent uh, serious incidents. And every incident is serious, as Kevin rightly said, no matter what it is. Violence shown, the breach of, of your property, of your house, is sacred. And that is very important that that's kind of, that is mentioned in that light. But he started off, he wasn't two minutes in the air when he started off with statistics. You know, crime was down, assaults were down, rape was up, there were two extra rapes. Well, such nonsense like that, or if I seen a guardie, I seen a member of the guard, like at top management level, that's the real cause. Plus, you added that in, the total and completely, you know, there is no consistency with our judiciary. And now they're sending them back to school. And they're sending your solicitors back to school in, in rape cases and in cases of sexual violence against women. They should send them back to school, I think, and sack a lot of them, to be honest about it, because they haven't too. Well, Kevin. Well, I mean, I was thinking there again. I should say now Kevin is on the phone, of course, and Kevin Sheehan, a well-known Fianna Fáil County Councillor, for the Ratkeel electoral area for many, many years, and he's well able to talk for himself for the rest of the way. We have broken ice tonight, Pat. <laughs> we have somebody on the telephone able to ring in. Unfortunately, I could not get to Newcastle West tonight. Totally out of my control. And at the same time, I wanted to participate in the programme. Yeah. Just to say there that uh, Jason and myself have been discussing for quite some time about uh, somebody on a phone link, but we haven't done it previously because quite often there's noise and faults and technical things. So I, I, it seems to be working all right from the sound of things. Yeah. Don't worry. But nevertheless, anyway, um, I want to tell you a story, lads. And it's of most interest now to our listeners. And we had a meeting one day in the council. 
Kevin, 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 like a good storyteller, just when she's getting exciting, they pull the plug. So we're going to Nedbreg and you hold your story till we come back in about three minutes. <laughs> County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. You are listening to the podcast of County Views as broadcast on West Limerick 102 FM on the 23rd of February 2022 from 9.30 to 11pm. Joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan this week, Kieran McAuliffe and Kevin Sheehan. As this is the podcast of County Views, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be unnecessarily charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314 948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. Welcome back, welcome back, listeners. You're tuned to West Limerick 102 FM, broadcasting from Newcastle West. And I hope our sound is all right. Kevin, can you still with us? Absolutely. Sounds lovely, good. lovely, lovely. Yeah. Uh, there's a thing there in today's paper. Consumer bill will crack down on firms leaving fake reviews and services. For anyone who doesn't understand that business, it seems to be quite common where people might have a B&B and somebody else is competing with them and same with hotels maybe and they will write up and on these tweets and different things, Facebook or whatever, that I stayed in that hotel and it was this, that and the other thing and it might transpire that under false names and it turned out to be maybe a competing hotel down the road. Right. Are you talking to me, Pat? Yeah, you can shoot away first. Right. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Can I begin by saying, lest we forget, that this month our Republic celebrates the centenary of the founding of the Gather Chicana. And, you know, they've given great service over that hundred years to the people of this country. There were a couple of bad eggs here and there. They're in every organization. But there wasn't as many as the media would have you believe at times. And they were part of the communities that they served in. They, they reared great families in those communities. And, and uh, we should be very proud and avail of the opportunity tonight of uh, genuinely and sincerely thanking them and congratulating them, all of them, for their service over the years. That's the first thing I want to say. Are you still with me, Pat? Yes, yes, loud and clear, we're hearing you, yeah. Now, I was going to tell you a story there. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I go back to it. Uh, we had a meeting one day and we had a guest of honour. And the guest of honour was the present Garda Commissioner. And... Uh, uh, I was listening to him and he addressed us and uh, some, somebody said yeah, he was very welcome that was the first time in Limerick that we ever had a commissioner and I had to correct them because when I had the honour of being mayor of Limerick City and County uh, the then commissioner 
uh, was in them and paid me a courtesy visit for what was to be half an hour of a chat, a cup of coffee and a biscuit, and it went on for an hour and a half. We had a most interesting, positive meeting and exchange of views, and, and I valued it very much. But anyway, to go back to our meeting, I, the, the guest spoke and councillor spoke and went on like that, and I asked a question of the commissioner. I said, Commissioner, if a young guard came out of Templemore tomorrow and uh, he's in the station first day and the sergeant said to him, go down there to the crossroads and set up a checkpoint for an hour for yourself and see how you get on. And the guard said, right, sir, and off he goes. And full of enthusiasm, and he's down there and he stops the car and he observes three or four very, very minor offences in the car. The harden wasn't working, one of the wipers wasn't working, one of the indicator lamps wasn't working. Three, any of the three wasn't going to make any contribution to a serious accident or a death. And the guard took out his notebook and his viral, as he'd been trained to do in Templemore. And the guy driving the car said to him, you're new here, are you? And the guy said, yes, I am, sir. And he said, you know, you see that big house down the road there? And the guard looked down and he said, yeah. Well, that house, he says, last year was broken into, robbed, they took what was in it, and there was an old lady there, and they gave her a terrible beating. And uh, now, Commissioner, I said, what would you advise that guard to do at that stage of that operation? I thought it was a fair question, and I was anxious to know his mind about the answer he'd give. And he thought for a second, and then he said, I would expect him, and he paused, or her, which is fair enough, to enforce the law in accordance with the oath he had taken. What an evasive, nonsensical reply. And he knew I had served in the guards. What a reply to give. And if the media had printed it, which thank God they didn't at the time. But I thought to myself, I said, thank you very much, Commissioner. And, and when he was leaving, I scanned him, wished him well. Good luck. But that mentality is not good and has crept into the Gather Shikona. You never solve a bit of crime or any serious offences. You never solve them without the cooperation of the public. You need the support of the ordinary man or woman, boy or girl on the street. Thanks, Kevin, for that. And Kieran, there's a lot in what he said there, and it's very true, and I've said it myself many times over the years, that they'll summon people for little minor, what would be classed as mean offences, and they're on then a week later looking for people to assist them and help them and so forth. Obviously, people would not help them or assist them or give them information after being brought through the court for some little minor offence such as a back taillight or a front headlamp or something.
and I have been there through all that in my time. And I, I was in America many years ago, out with police there on duty, and I told them I had been in court for a headlamp back in 1967, a headlamp blew with potholes that blow quite easy, and the police in America said they couldn't believe it, couldn't believe it. And I was in the hotel business, and I, they used to take me out at night time on their big highway patrols and the cars and these two nice policemen. And they would pull the car in, they would take the details, his front light, back light, whatever light he was, get it fixed, call in station within two or three days, and they'd check the car that was fixed, and that was all. Seemed to make sense to me then, that's 50 years ago. Common sense. Yeah. Uh, but we seem to be lacking it, and, and, and a lot of our civil servants, I was talking to Ben Lemix, this is there, Kevin, as you come back in there on that one, and some of those people, they don't seem to be living in the real world at all. They wouldn't even survive in the real world out there nowadays. They're just pushing pens, writing forms, and doing that thing, kind of detached. Kevin? Yeah, it goes back to the community guards and the guards building a relationship with the, with the community, and like, instead of stopping people, as you say, Stop and say, oh, your backlight is out, uh, get it fixed there and uh, call up to the station in a couple of days' time. But again, they should be at checkpoints and they should be introducing themselves and you know, getting to know the people and getting to know what's going on in the community uh, rather than you know, petty crime like that and filling up the courts then with, with uh, wearing no seatbelt and things like that. Like It's just clogging up the courts instead of getting on with the catching the criminals and catching the people that are out at night at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning instead of stopping them and asking them where they're going and what they're doing with vans and not up them and Tom, very valid points along there which we've pushed out here over the years but it still doesn't seem to be happening it's still the same old ding dong people pulled in and yeah, harassed, harassed. But now, not in all cases. There's some yeah. a lot of guards with quite a bit of common sense. But on the other hand, a lot of those guards nowadays, I believe, they're under huge pressure because they're supposed to. They're not allowed any discretion, as we can see here in the cases in Limerick, where people have been brought up before the courts, guardy, I'm referring to, for fixing summonses or not proceeding with summonses or something like that, which would be minor. That if he had any bit of discretion or allowed any discretion, he might say there's no point in get it done and we'll move on. Well, Pat, we've, <coughs> we've covered it over, over the years in detail and we have looked at it like in a very, very fair-minded way and uh, I can well appreciate what the Commissioner said. I wouldn't be a fan of the Commissioner's. I also think that he couldn't give, he couldn't actually give any other answer to the question that Kevin asked him. Because if he did, he'd be taken up by the media by saying, well, this petty crime or petty incidents don't matter anymore. So, you see, we have spent an awful lot of time in this country. We've spent an awful lot of time, especially our police force, and, uh, you know, the management system there appears to be really, really very poor. And I don't know why we haven't been able to contract the criminals, the drug gangs, the actual feuds, you know, I mean, we can, I think we've concentrated on petty, we call it petty crime. Well, then crime is crime, you know, and petty crime, I know it, it has a standard and it has, it has like a range, but the serious crime and the serious criminals are laughing all the way to the banks and those people like are able to 
that it amassed millions of euro in money, in properties, in cars, watches. They can. They're working with impunity. The drug gangs and the criminals. And we, we don't appear to even upset their, I mean, their schedules. And at the end of the day, like, you know, it's a, it's appears to be out of control across the board of all areas of crime. But when you have an assistant commissioner saying that, that the statistics, you know, are down, when people out there in areas know well that crime is rampant, drugs, drug dealing and drug taking and it's rampant, Robberies are rampant, you know. Violence has, has got very, very bad altogether now. And, you know, there appears to be no solution. We often work, try to work out a solution here, and we are we fail. We fail to, come to, to really say, why can't we counteract it? Why can't we tackle these, I mean, not petty criminals, but the serious criminals? And we have our institutions, our banks, accommodating them, like by, by not... Like reporting, we we talking now about today. It's well known that there, there's trillions of Russian money going through the the, the financial centre in Dublin. All 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 international drug international gangs out of out of Moscow, and uh, you know we we can't we can't conflict any aspect of crime here in this country because our our, our Garda force. And Kevin is right, they're there 100 years, they have, they have served the country well, a lot of them, not a lot of them, but too many of them have lost their lives and in the service re- up to recent, and we've covered that here, Kevin, on more than any other subject in that we've discussed since we, we started the programme. And we, we have credited them, and we have been terribly sympathetic for the, for the awful job that they have with very little backup from management. <laughs> Kevin, what do you feel that, that uh, the Gardaí seem to be very conscious of their image? And we've had cases of where they had so many tests, drunken driving tests t- taken there some years ago, and, and many other items in a similar line, and it transpired that they couldn't possibly have done them because there wasn't that many driving test bags issued at the time. And then we had another case in Waterford some years back where they said crime was down in our area, which is a very common phrase indeed. And when it was analysed and questioned by some local journalists, they ticked them off that it was down. Whereas those that they felt they knew who did the crime, they classed that as being solved, identified, even though it was never proven or never taken to court. Can you follow that or understand I, that? I, I, I can pass. Uh, I meet and, and uh, I talk to quite a number of Gardaí. Some of them with more than 50% of their service done. <coughs> and they'll tell me, can't wait to get to the pension and get out of this job. They've lost the sense of pride that was always in the job. But too many of them have lost that. And then you meet the young guard, and he's in the guard, he's in the job two or three years, and he says, "If I could get another number in the morning, I'd be gone." That's the most common thing I hear. The most common comment I hear from members of of Garda rank in the Garda Shikana, and I feel so 
sorry that the job has gone to that. And there's a responsibility on the top notches of the Gavishy Corner to address the issues, open their eyes, recognize them, see them, and address them and rectify them. They get well painted for that. And, 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 and you could, I could say an awful lot. I'm not going to... All I'm saying is, all is not well within the job. And when I was in it, I was proud to be in it. I was four years in uniform, and I was four years a detective in Dublin. I loved it. I left it for reasons that were peculiar to myself. I always loved the fact that I had been in it. I learned a lot in that job. And I would, I'd love to say to most young people, you should spend five or six years in the gang. But that's not possible. But it's the, the discipline, the loyalty, the comradeship between people, all of that. Kevin, this, Kevin, it's a, it, Kevin, isn't is it not an almost impossible job to do now for the county? They've been crucified from the head guys down because they can't. They're given little or no discretion, and they've been crucified when they go out on anything. Every Tom, Dick, and Harry, and Mary, and Joseph, the whole lot of them, everything has been filmed on mobile phone. Well, the ordinary guard will tell you that the people are no longer with them the way they used to be. And what has been the cause of that? That needs to be corrected. Because when I said while ago about the 100 years, they gave great service. And in the beginning, especially, all three pay. And immediately after a bloody, savage, unfortunate civil war. And they took over unarmed, and they earned the respect of the people the loyalty of lived amongst the people, went to church, went to the supermarket, the shops, went for a pint, played football, played holding, played soccer, whatever. They were part of the community. That's gone. And, and you know, when a guard doesn't want to live in the town or the city, he's serving him. There's something to be wrong. So it's 20 past 10 and it's time for an ad break again and the next ad break is at 20 to 11. We conclude at 11. We have a number of text messages here in front of us. So we'll be back to you shortly. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314 948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, TOD. You are listening to the podcast of County Views. It's broadcast on West Limwick 102 FM on the 23rd of February 2022 from 9.30 to 11pm. Joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan this week, Kieran McAuliffe and Kevin Sheehan. As this is the podcast of County Views, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be unnecessarily charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314 948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. Welcome back now, listeners. We should be back on the air again after that ad break, I think. And... 
Kevin, did you hear there on the, that scandal in England? It was on RT there this morning, I heard it. And also, it was on the English papers, there's going on a number of years about the Horizon Post Office software system. I did not, Patrick. I'm not familiar with yeah. that. Okay. Well, I learned across the people, and I'm here too familiar with it, indeed. But it was a post, it's a software system that was run into computer systems in post offices in England and 10, 15 years ago. And there was, it was a faulty system and many of the post offices involved with 775 people, I believe, were involved in it. Some of them got jailed, some committed suicide because they were accused of fraud and it went on for many years. And it seems that it is alleged, I'll be careful in what I say, that the, that the software company had realized the error was there, but they continued with it. And it, it, there's a public inquiry in England at the present time. There had been a court case previously. So it's quite interesting. And I don't think, I, I don't think we're all innocent in this country where big bodies cover up their own mistakes and uh, ordinary Joe Soap is hung out to dry, so to speak. So we'll go back to another one here and it is, uh, we'll take Polly first because you're the older Polly than the other man that's ringing us up, I would assume. Hello, by it's great to hear you there again on another topical show to discuss the events of the day and hi to the panel and as Sharof Tuesday is coming soon, I want to know what kind of flavour would my Tom like on his pancakes? Haha, <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm not forgetting his, this big kiss for Tom, and my birthday is on the 1st of March, please God, I will be 93 years old. Yuppie, Polly the Pot. Well, Polly, you're a super, super lady for 93 years of age, the 1st of March, a super lady. She's tuned into most radio stations, and when I'm listening to Claire FM there on a Sunday morning or a Saturday morning, and when I hear a request for Polly for Pat Donovan and Tom Ryan, and I get a fit of laughing, and it's, it's wonderful, Polly, and a wonderful lady to do with texts and not a never in any part of it. Isn't she some lady, uh, Kevin? My God, I don't know that lady. 93 years of age, in, living in Limerick City. I would love to say to that lady right now, I wish you a very sincere and a very happy birthday on the 1st of March. And I don't know about Tom, my pancakes are simple and plain, but I love them. Yeah. Bit of lemon, bit of sugar, and whatever else that might be going. I can't stand that chocolate thing that they put on. And if you were nice, so Mary Polly might send you on a few kisses as well. <laughs> no, Polly, I'll throw you a kiss, Polly. <laughs> Now, uh, thanks for that, Polly. And uh, another one here. What does the panel think of the ongoing rows between Feeney Fall and Feeney Noan Art? I'll read that again. How does the panel think of the ongoing rows between Feeney Fall and Sinn Féin from James home in, in Holmes in a tea? Kieran, on that one. Yeah, I think they're at it again today. Um, they're look the Sinn Féin want um, to the government to reconsider another um, in a drag uh, subsidised to, to give them another extra hundred euros. But I think the government, uh, Michal Martin, has ruled it out completely. Um, I think uh, what we're going to see happening soon is in the next election. I think is Sinn Féin getting power, and um, that's probably it doesn't uh, 
help the arguing. I think um, they're all probably getting um, under each other now because they know this. Shin um, Finifal no Shin Fein are going to get in. Well, I think they will anyway. Um, just they won't be in government together, I suppose. Tom, what do you think about this? Today now it was quite uh, aggressive and abusive. And Michal Martin come, came on very, very strong and he's returning about attacking the Sinn Féin leader. But then again, they're saying it is no and it is this and it is that. But didn't we see the same situation with uh, Leo Varadkar attacking Michal Martin in a similar manner, in a very humiliating manner in some of the things he said to him? Yeah, Pat, you know, it's a pity that our, our, our politicians who are elected and especially our government like and our 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 cabinet has been their time worrying about Sinn Fein when you know when their job is to get on and run the country. There are huge problems in the country like and uh, their job is to it's to run it is to for the South and out at every level. We're talking about crime there where they go and uh, are they are they aware at, at cabinet level of the extent to that? We see our health system falling apart. We had last week, we had a chief secretary general getting 300,000 a year and himself and the Minister for Housing, the Rona Shoutless, at one of them in a pub in Dublin. And we had the television programme last week where they all called Sinn Féin and they have now made Sinn Féin, they've kind of made them matters and I don't use that word now too lightly. But, you know, everything they do is, is aimed at Sinn Féin when they should be aimed at doing their job. I mean, these are highly, highly paid individuals, as Kevin rightly said, like the people that are in the I mean, they are, are they competent? That's the question, you know. I mean, the housing issue has been, has been there for nearly 20 years now. And uh, I, th I think it's as far away as being from being resolved as ever. We spend our time arguing about about different things, and why are we listening? And the all is that throwing insults at one another. That's short. That's short. Some Sinn Féin, and they are specialists at that because they're very, very articulate in their in their dial performance. They have a good hold of their brief, and when they talk, they they usually accompanied by two or three more. So they're working to a plan. They've piled the money. They have, they're well organised throughout the country. I don't actually agree with Kieran that, that they're going to be automatic the next government. Uh, and if they do, that'll be interesting. Like it'll be maybe uh, it'll be a wake-up call for a lot of people. But again, they won't be there. We say with no royal majority. So who are they going to bring with them? And uh, I think myself, this is about this is about individuals. Whereas. These individuals are elected to run the country. And this is what we're talking about in the programme every night. This is about the debate on the radio, uh, with all the, the radio programmes nationally and locally, every day, s nearly seven days a week now. And it's all about what these people are not doing. Uh, we, we listen to all the all the problems within the health, within the health service. The, it has to go to Michal Martin for operations to be carried out on scoliosis. I mean, such such unbelievable carry-on of the different departments. And you mentioned while ago, Pat, about our civil servants and their attitude and the whole thing. This this country is in turmoil with no one in charge, only insulting one another across the dial. And that's, that is what I see in the position at the moment, anyway. Now, Kevin. Now, Kevin is right. 
Well, I but, heard today. But that's on your plate. And, you know, it's a waste of time, the, that kind of behaviour in the doll. That's the one comment I agree with. But Mary Lou started that blooming thing today. It was unfortunate that she chose to do that. Michal Martin is being criticised for not being a strong enough leader. I heard people this evening saying, Michal Martin has woken up at last. He replied and took on Mary Lou. Now, you'll never please them all, all the time. But now that it's done, will they put it on the shelf now and get on with the national issues and deal with them? I agree with the suggestion. There are stacks of issues waiting to be addressed. But that had to happen. That happens. Watch the House of Commons. And I wouldn't like them to be like the, like the fellows over there. Watch the way they behave. Totally out of order on occasions. You know, it happens in debates. I have been guilty of it myself. I've snapped. I love a debate. I love an argument. But I can snap to and break the rules. And you don't feel chuffed about it afterwards. That no. You don't feel very proud of yourself when it happens to you. But we're all human, and that's how it happens. You know, I'm not making excuses for anybody. But when it happens, it's time then. Put it away. I love, actually, if I have a row with somebody at a council meeting or a committee meeting or anything. That's the person I want to have a cup of tea and a cup of coffee with afterwards. But Kevin, I, Kevin, I, Kevin, 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 uh, said here while ago that he feels that Sinn Féin will be elected in the next election and Tom Ryan doesn't think might be that. But where was in the good old days, we had... Uh, we had a government party and then we had a strong opposition party. Yeah, yeah. We might have had two opposition parties, whereas now the two main parties in the country, once upon a time, are now basically one party and you have one left. before the Civil War? Yeah, and you have one party now left on the outside, which is in Fane. So people's option in the next election, do you vote for the government party or do you vote for Sinn Féin? The Labour Party are nearly irrelevant, so around 2 or 3 percent in the... No, no, no. They wouldn't like you to say that about them. Well, they're way down at the bottom. They might have some bearing, but they're not going to be a, a huge party by the sound of it. And well, listening to some of them... Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. I think... I, I don't know. But remember this. The people have the final say. And what the people elect is what the people will get. And, you know, sometimes you'd say, if that's what the people want, that's what the people deserve. They are the ones who will elect the government. All the chat shows in the world will not do. It will be the people with the pen in their hand in the polling booth who mark the ballot paper. They'll make the decision. And that's it. And we have to accept it, whatever it is, and work with it. Tarvin, uh, you know, I, I agree with you that it's the people that will make the decision, but you see, the fact of the influences of the people you see, is what we're, is, is what I'd like to uh, make, a, make a bit of a comment on. You know, where our national media have these certain individuals on morning, noon and night, like on every programme, on every talk show, on every, you know, and uh, they're, they're actually being promoted, I, I believe, as well, from within, you know, from from within the, our... Our media, our media circus now, you know, and they have a, they have a huge influence on how people vote, 
and that. And they're not they're not asking the proper questions, these people. They're not putting them on a scrutiny. They're letting them come I on know, there. I know, I know. I agree with you that. Yeah, they're not co they're coming on there. Yeah, they're coming on there and they're not they're not being they're not being quizzed, they're not being you know, their statistics are not being questioned. Who are you referring to, Tom? I'm referring to Sinn Fein. But it applies to Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael. I'm listening to them nearly every morning at 20, a quarter past eight to half past eight and it is a free flow for literally all parties. They're not putting the hard questions to them. Or if they are, they're not getting answers. Well, they are back to a point, like, they are in, 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 into the government. I'm, I'm not here as any representative of the government or anything because, I mean, they've been criticised most here and they've been questioned on our programme here, which is which is running for a long time now, more than any other programme. And, 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 and a lot of them, fair play to Kevin for showing up here and for coming on the programme. They're very scarce in coming forward. Government parties, all of them, including Sinn Féin. And the one question that I, I, asked, that I want to ask is that... We have, you know, they're on about the housing now, it's become a big issue now, it's the warm and, and, and the health, don't we? But, but take housing, for instance, and Kevin is a councillor for a long time with a lot of experience. And overall, over the past 10 or 15 years now, a lot of our councillors, we say, were even, they were, uh, Sinn Féin were running, particularly in Dublin, and, and a lot of outside Dublin as well, in the different areas. And... Uh, you know, I didn't see him being any way spectacular about uh, their housing policies or the amount of houses they built with when they were in charge of the local government offices and local government. Now, Kevin. Listen. Really sorry, 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 can we let Kevin in here now? Sorry, sorry, I beg your pardon. Okay, yeah, fine, Kevin. Um, well, I suppose I want to say that I'm not affiliated to any party either, and I'm not... not uh, I'm, uh, Open, I'm open book. I haven't decided who I'll vote for in the next election, but um, I think as suppose as Tom was saying, there some some of Sinn Féin's policies, I suppose, haven't been scrutinised enough. Um, they're they're they don't seem to their their books don't add up compared to Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael when like Sinn Féin, Sinn Féin just want to throw just money's going to they seem to you know their 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 figures don't add up with. They're about taxing the rich, but as you know, their 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 money does the books don't add up compared to Fianna Fáil and Fianna uh, Gael. But that's what opposition parties do anyway, lads. They promise all kinds of things in opposition. So we'll go to an ad break. And we'll back to you shortly. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. You are listening to the podcast of County Views as broadcast on West Limerick 102 FM on the 23rd of February 2022 from 9.30 to 11pm. Joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan this week, Kieran McAuliffe and Kevin Sheehan. As this is the podcast of County Views, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be unnecessarily charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. we 
Welcome back, listeners, and you're tuned to West Limerick 102 FM. This is County Viewers. My name is Pat O'Donovan. On the panel tonight is Kieran McAuliffe from Knocknagoshal, just below Abbey Field, or beyond Abbey Field, I suppose. Uh, it's not That's below it anyway, it is above it actually. It and Councillor Kevin Sheehan from Fianna Fáil Council from the Red Keel Electrical Area based in Eskitten. And Tom Ryan, of course. My name is Pat O'Donovan. And if you want to send any more messages in, you've got only another 15 minutes or thereabouts to do so. And there was a question there that we have two topics anyway automatically left for us. And we have the over 70s. Leo Duggan is on there about the, the, the proposal or suggestions by some people that people over 70 should be made under, undertake a driving test. And we'll come to that in a moment. But some uh, John in Newcastle West in said talk about what about Russia and Ukraine. Now I, I I've written down here a little earlier on we had Brexit morning, noon and night for breakfast, dinner and supper. That was followed on then by COVID morning, noon and night and breakfast, dinner and supper. And then there was a murder up country and we got that for about two weeks. And then that as Tom said earlier, that died a dead. And then we have Russia and Ukraine. And you have that non-stop. And just before we go into discussion on that, uh, Annette O'Donnell sent me a message there. Another lady from high on the hills overlooking Mount Collins. And it says, Pat, give a mention to the monster flag hole and that it will take place in Newcastle West in July and follow local media. So you will be hearing lots about that here with uh, Mike Barrett doing a very nice in entertaining program there on the trad scene every Saturday evening and Shirley O'Regan then doing Monday and Friday here will always be cover whatever publicity to require in the Monster Flag Coal for Newcastle West in the coming year. Over 70s, some people think that we folks that are going over 70 that we are no longer a requirement or a bit of a nuisance maybe and Apart from the telling us we can't go into matches with cash in your hand, that you have to book it in advance and you can't get a driver's license except you do it online. You can't play for farming things. You have to do that online and online. And if you want to pay something in county council offices, they won't take the cash, which we understand is legal tender. Where is it all going to, Kieran? Modernization, unfortunately. Yeah. One word, modernization. Now, Kevin, yes, we I have no problem talking about that with you. But yeah. before we leave, what we were talking about, Fianna Fáil, Fine Gael, yeah. Sinn Féin, and the next government, I have nothing to say for or against Sinn Féin. What I will say to the listeners, and I'll say to the panel, <clears throat> look at the government in Northern Ireland that Sinn Féin is involved in and see the state, the, the the disgraceful situation that that government is delivering and their partners in that government. That's all I'd say. Full stop. Yeah. Now, Kieran from Nocknagoshal, Kieran McAuliffe, on the driver's licence over 70, they think that they should do a driving test. No, I wouldn't be in favour of that. I think the, they announced there in the last couple of weeks that uh, you don't need a medical report to know if it uh, was 70, but now that has increased that to 75. That's great news for over. So you don't need a medical report now to continue driving until you're 75. It was 70. I think that's welcome news. I don't agree with um, that over 70s should uh, be made 
really do really do their driving test. I don't think that's fair, and I don't think they're contributing to the accidents in the road. I don't think there's the over 70s. I think it's a lot of the accidents in the road is just carelessness and from driving the roads. I'm driving the roads 15 years. I think it's, I think it's speed and dangerous overtaking. I think is the main cause of accidents. Yeah. I've seen it myself. I I up and down to Newcastle fairly regularly. I have relations only be going up and down and just uh, up there by Barn. I like to see people taking over cars, three and four cars taking them over. Like it's just lunacy. Like and I think that's what's causing the accidents. I don't think there's the old people driving. I think I'm driving 15 years and maybe a, uh, a refresher course for everybody after 20 years or something. Maybe some, some that could be something to look to where you know you could be carried to some place like a hotel and you know people you register or whatever and you carry in there and just refresh people and. I wouldn't accept, I don't think it's fair to single out over the over 70s. No, Tom, another attack on the old folks. Oh, correct, Pat. Another naked attack on them, and, and the idea of it alone is revolting, if we, you know, if we would use that word in, the, in, in, in this particular case. I'd be totally opposed to that. And Kieran is right, and so is Kevin, you know, that, that, uh, that, that it's a, another stick to beat the, the elderly with, you know, I mean, there are people, uh, elderly people, like, and people over 70, uh, you know, are the most careful people you get. And uh, what what is the whole, what, what is this signifying like? You know, I mean, I'd be totally posted and shocked with it, actually, even that it even been mentioned, even, which is more, because, I mean, t- t- we're looking for support for people that are elderly people, and a lot of elderly people are living in their own, and elderly couples, married couples are living in their own, and, uh, you know, their licences, and they're, they're under enough threat at the moment for, for, with every, with costs and insurance and, 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 and every aspect of life, besides putting this worry on top and again that it'd have to do a, a test, and needless to say, like, with the, with the pressure that, that they're under, this would be a, the, the, to the extreme. Total, I'd be totally posted. So it, it's a, to be a serious situation for people in rural Ireland if driving, if they made them do a test at 70 and the inconvenience of it, plus... It would be definitely, yeah, like, um, there's no, there's no uh, public transport, there's not enough public transport for, for people in the area to, to, to be forced off the road, like, so no, I wouldn't be for it, and I don't think they'd have, I think they'd have a job to enforce. Leo Duggan from Sugar Hill contacted us on that one about the over 70s, and definitely it would be very serious, and as we said, it's just another attack on people in rural Ireland. Um, we have an, what, Kevin Sheehan, what do you think of that proposal? Well, I honestly think that the increase, the reckless increases in the price of petrol and diesel will prevent a lot of those elderly people from being able to do a fraction of the driving they were used to doing. So asking them to do a driving test is adding insult uh, to, to an already horrible situation. Cool and, and, and very unkind to our elderly people. Not much respect or regard shown to elderly people indeed who literally put this country where it is today. Now we have another message in here and it is one from the three cowboys who passed my house last Sunday night heading to the high hills of Atay and didn't bother that Barney Carlin in to take me with them and followed by chips and milk and whatnot afterwards. Now here we go. Hello Pat and panel. I send this text from the misty high hills of Knopfloka Connors. Can the panel please give their view on the latest development at Fine Gael, Justice Minister Helen McEntee 
uh, who is a TD from Meat East, has had to admit she did assist Tato Parko and Brendan Kyle by providing clarity on COVID-19 restrictions during the pandemic. She originally said she had absolutely no dealings with Raymond Kyle, but he'd had emerged. She was forced to return the majority of the 4,200 political donation she received from him. Raymond Kyle made three donations to her by checks, each total of 1,400 through companies he owned in the days before the general election 2020. These donations totally breached standard in public office, SIPO, rules and donations. So this proves redone. Uh, Where's the, where's the mouse gun? Is he stuck in the trap? Uh, there's nothing else coming up here, I'm afraid. So this is coming now. So this proves... So this proves good old politicians are still at it. From Mark Tierney, Nockrow, Carol Connellish. Kieran, I'll go round the house. Yeah, I haven't heard the less uh, about the Tato, the man in Tato Park uh, donating money to her. I didn't hear about it, but it, um, it appears to... Every week there's something now where there's some one of them after doing something, whether it was during COVID, whether they had a party or something. This, they're all they're all they're all guilty of doing something, but it, it takes the media a lot of the time have to have to bring it out before they come out publicly and say it themselves. And I think it's there's no um, like you know during restrictions there they were holding parties and stuff, and there was no. It was, they never came out clean about it until it was brought out to the media, until the journalists got to the bottom of it and didn't they come out and apologise and they think, oh, it's great and they can donate money to charity and just does not talk about it anymore. more. Now, Tom. Yeah, well, well, I have to thank Mark, you know, he comes up with gems, a really good bit of research there. I, I wasn't aware of it myself. Well, I thank him for the very fine text, but I don't yes. think I'll thank him too well for passing me out and I'd love to have gone to see that play in the day. Dancing at Lewis, I know, would be above your pay grade. But I must admit, I was there on Thursday night. It was absolutely wonderful. They got standing ovation and, and uh, three times, I think, they were called out. No. So, Pat, at the guards, the political donations, you know, nothing changes. I'm, I'm absolutely, you know, shocked that Helen McEntee, like our Minister for Justice, would be, you know, now what well, she wasn't at that particular time, but it goes again to show that how these uh, contributors, I saw it, we saw it in Limerick, which I saw it myself, I saw what we've done, and how, uh, and how they can, how these people pour money into individuals, and uh, what they're doing for, they're only doing for, for, to, for to get favour of them to turn. I went for, for the election, for the national national government, national election, general election, I didn't get one single pardon from anyone and I mean that and, and uh, you know it, it's amazing like how how people you know within the power that that have the power within the parties are, are you know are coaxed and cajoled and paid off, it's a shocking situation and I'm, I'm disgusted with it anyway. And I would say definitely like that she would have a question to answer here like as well. Taking a question of, of sending it back, she wouldn't be sending it back unless it, was, if, unless it, came, it came out in the public domain as, as to how it happened. I don't know how it came out, but it was again a good bit of investigative journalism. But it should, she should be, she should be censored for it, no doubt about it. And she, she's one of our leading politicians and looks like it, it could be the next leader of one of our 
players at critical parties. Now there's another message in there, I nearly missed it and it's there in front of me for quite a while, from our, our good friend Paddy Crowley. And who does the panel think should take over as leader of Fianna Fáil? So you can throw that in with it there, Kevin, with the Helen McEntee business. Well, I know nothing about Helen McEntee. They've taken money at election time. I know it doesn't happen to councillors. I know no councillor, and if they're there, I don't know about them, who receive monies uh, at election time. We, we get a paltry contribution from our party headquarters. That's all I know. You get a, a thousand quid, a thousand euro, and it wouldn't buy stamps for you. Uh, it's a disgrace. But listen, we manage without it, and you'd be better off without it because you'd have to account for every happening if you're a councillor. If you're above that level, the accountability doesn't seem to be as evident. Uh, the next leader of Fianna Fáil, I'll have a hundred bucks with anybody, will be, will be um, that all bringing the present Minister for Housing. And when do you think he'd be in place? That is in no hurry. <laughs> uh, would be Mayor Martin be in a hurry on the way out? No, 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 I don't believe it'll happen after the next election. That's what I honestly believe. Not before that. Many people, Kevin, are of the opinion like that, as Tom referred to earlier, not so specifically, but when you're listening to the national airwaves, you would think really that Leo Varadkar was the T-shirt because he would be on the airwaves much, much more time he's coming out on this, that and the other thing and making statements and all kinds of things, more so than... That, that is accurate, what you say. Yeah. People make observations. I'm not yeah. going to quote what I hear people saying, or I'll be yeah. accused of trying to... But it's very upsetting for the real Fianna Fáil people, the real diehards that I know and that you know like to be oh, yeah. suffering this morning and all night. I accept that. Michal Martin is no his kid, but he's doing a reasonably good job in extremely difficult circumstances. A three-way uh, coalition government can't be hard, can't be easy to work within. And then, you were talking earlier on what happened in the Dáil, that, that kind of behaviour, and the most important thing that was said tonight, and we didn't delve into it at all, uh, it was, there was only a reference matrix. And that is that the media are not asking probing questions of certain political individuals. And I think that's a failure on their part. But that is their long time, we're running out of time, that's their long time, Kevin. They may ask the questions, they're not getting the answers and they're not following at home. Uh, that's really our problem. They're not following it up though. Yeah, not following up. Now it's, uh, the time is up once again and my sincere thanks to uh, Jason Smith on, on the desk and the controls, and to Kieran McAuliffe from Nachnagoshlin. Hopefully, you'll be with us again. Kieran, you didn't find it too bad, did you? No, but you weren't attacked or anything like that. No, no, and really it, really it, no. Kevin was afraid of his life coming on in case he'd be abused or attacked, but I was telling Kevin there's no fear. He, I, a man I, will I, able to defend himself, indeed. <laughs> and thanks, thanks for the coffee. Yes, indeed. Yeah, he's pushed it down the phone line for you. That's what probably caused the squeaking. And, of course, Tom Ryan is yours. All thanks again to Tom. And we'll be back to you again on next Wednesday night at half night, God willing. And thank to, pe to people who send in the messages, etc. And, Polly, have a good, strong cup of tea and talk yourself in well. And Tom and I will give you a call on your birthday for 90, the third birthday. And, as I said last year, 
We're looking forward to hoping that we'll be still alive to see you celebrating your 100. So from me, folks, good night, God bless, and take care. Good night, everybody. 102 FM. You've just been listening to the podcast of County Views. It's broadcast on West Limerick 102 FM on the 23rd of February 2022 from 9.30 to 11pm. Kieran McAuliffe and Kevin Sheehan joined Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan for the discussion this week. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314 948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie.